Hi guys, welcome back to Read Dirty to Me. My name is V Cummins and I'm always, and like always, I'm so excited to be here with you guys. So we are finally going into the descent of Stanton. Unfortunately, like most descents, this one is into madness. Bad news, we are doing part one of three again for this book. I know, I know, I know, it's a lot, but this book is a lot. These books are just heavy. Good news though, I plan on having all of these done hopefully within like the next week and a half. I'm not dragging this out. My goal is to be done with these within the next 10 days, all of them released to you, and I'm still hopefully going to be doing the weekly roundup. It's going to be a very heavy read dirty to me uh, week and a half, so just be prepared. But I am so excited to be here with you guys. You all know the drill about everything else, about the Facebook group, V Cummins Romance, about my email, Victoria at Read Dirty to Me. All that's good to go. We're just going to buckle in and get ready. This is Stanton Completely. At the beginning of this book and the others, but I feel like this one is especially important, there's a brief blurb that reads, I'm completely in love with you. I completely trust you. But can you keep me safe? Which seems to really sum up the journey we've been through so far. Seeing them find that complete love, that complete trust, but can safety exist in this world? And guys, that's a really big theme. I kind of end not on a full cliffhanger, but on a cliffhanger-ish. Um, I started looking ahead at what what we're kind of getting into. And it's really weird how I'm going to break this book up. I know that. I'm sorry. It's just the way the book plays out. Um, also, I was doing all these notes, getting everything prepared, driving home to come home and record. And I was loudly screaming Billie Eilish and Taylor Swift. Um, I'm not even a huge Billie Eilish fan, but one of her songs is really getting to me. So uh, I decided to scream those out very loudly. And my voice is slightly gone, so I apologize for that. We're going to start with chapter one. It's seven days earlier than where we uh, left off last time. Josh and Natasha, and seemingly the others, are arriving at Josh's house in Thailand. It seems to be really hitting her that she is with a billionaire and what all of that entails. They're getting tours throughout this ostentatious, beautiful home, and Natasha asks him how he's been happy at her tiny apartment for so long when he's used to mansions. He explains that her apartment felt more homey than his own home, and he should probably just say homes, though, because he has a million of them. This is the same place that Adrian had told Natasha no woman ever comes to, and she's as she's touring the master bedroom, she sees an old photo of her and Josh on his bedside table. It's when they were a lot younger, and the summer they were first together. When she sees him standing in the doorway, she tells him she loves him, that she's here now, and she's sorry. When she tells him that she's not leaving again, he rushes to her and hugs her, and after a really sweet and tender moment, he turns it way more sexual, chasing her and telling her that she's getting one-way ticket to Pound Town. That evening, the rest of the group went out to party, but Josh and Natasha are staying back at the villa, Josh sleeping off the night of no rest after dealing with the break-in at her house. She doesn't want, she doesn't believe that it was Kobe the serial killer related. She thinks it has something to do with Josh and whoever has a hit on him. The returning of her vibrator, she feels, is a pointed symbol and it worked. It worked to freak her out. She had her first nightmare in a long time the night before. She's also thinking about how guilty she feels for not telling him about his paternity as now he's being betrayed by two of the biggest people in his life, her and his mom. The next morning, Tosh is making breakfast while Abby and Bridget watch her. They're talking about the moment that Bridget and Ben had on the dance floor, but Bridget explains that it was nothing and to let it be. As she's talking, Josh comes in and they have a moment in front of Bridget and Abby. When he leaves the shower, 
the girls make comment that Natasha seems happy and they didn't think they'd see the day that Josh and Natasha would actually be able to be together. Ben pops in the door and him and Bridget leave to spend some time together, but Abby seems against the relationship. Natasha doesn't want anyone to rain on Bridget's parade, so she pretty much tells her to shove it, which kind of seems to be a theme throughout this book. They all enjoy a nice meal together, Josh, Natasha, Adrian, Ben, Bridget, Abby, and Cameron, discussing how if they died, doing what they loved, how would they die. Josh wants Natasha and all the girls to get their motorbike license, which prompts the how would they die conversation, so they can drive around Thailand, but Natasha definitely doesn't want one. Sure enough, she's so bad on one that she ends up riding on the back of Josh's anyway. That early evening, they're having a blast, knocking each other over off the tubing, and just in general enjoying each other's company. Later, they are by the pool, admiring all the bruises on Natasha's body, when Adrian gets a call that has him furious, screaming at Nicholas to stay out of his life and never contact him again in any way. When no one follows Adrian after he storms away, Natasha follows him. He's upset at Nicholas and also mad at his parents for dying. Josh comes in, offering him a drink, and Adrian says no, so instead Josh offers to have beat for Adrian to beat up Cam, which makes Adrian smile a little bit. But he really, you know, I mean, if you've seen anything from Josh, he doesn't really give big pep talks. And so Natasha watches him give this, hey, get off your ass, stop moping kind of pep talk. And Adrian was like, well, yeah, he's not a great communicator. Cam is the one with the heart and the, you know, between the two brothers. And you really see that, like, coming up in the next few chapters with their mom. But, like, Josh is able to just turn off all emotions. He doesn't like to communicate with people. And you can see kind of where those issues are coming up. Uh, chapter two, they're laying in bed, flirting and smiling and laughing together. It's so incredibly beautiful and fun, and it really feels like a honeymoon period. I mean, you really see where they were able to, where T.L. Swan was able to gather the idea of a honeymoon, even if they're not technically on their honeymoon. And the first couple chapters of this book are a really just lived in relationship. And I thought it was really interesting because, you know, I talk about this later on, but like, <laughs> It's amazing to me how much of these books I can forget in all of this time. You know, I've read them so many times, but they blur all together, blah, 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 blah. And I feel like with this one, especially you're really seeing just a few chapters of pure happiness. And I forgot about that. Whenever I think of this book, I think about something that happens way later. And in my head, it takes up the majority of this novel. And it actually doesn't. The next day, she's talking with Abby and Bridget, and Bridget finally admits to fully liking Ben. Josh, Adrian, and Cam come in, and with Adrian offering to take the girl shopping, but Natasha tries to back out of it. She wants to do something with Josh, but he has work, so she asks Cam if they can go to a bookstore together, but Cam acts a little squirrely, and he says that he has a date. Josh tells her she needs to go, and that is that. That afternoon, they're in the heat, and Natasha's absolutely miserable, but she can't do much except exchange eye rolls with Ben, who's clearly as annoyed by the shopping trip as she is, because Adrian is just on a tear. Finally, the girls are able to kind of rein him in to stop with the overindulgent shopping trip, and they go back to the house to rest. Josh comes up to her as she's lounging by the pool, kissing her gently, and tells her that they're having a private dinner, just the two of them, before they go out tonight. But Natasha tells him she doesn't want to go out. She just wants to hang out with him and be alone, which Josh really seems to appreciate. He informs her that dinner is ready, and she tries to change, but he tells her that he likes her and what she's in. 
he takes her around the pool down and then onto a cliff where there is a table and fairy lights set up so the way it's described is that they like go down this mountain to like a built-in cliff inlet type of thing and it's about the size of like I guess a ping pong table I think it's what is described as which I still don't understand how that would all work but that's neither here nor there um so as they're down there you know, he had told her, oh yeah, dinner's ready, why don't we come on down? But actually the butlers are like, hey, when would you like dinner? And he says, I'll give us about an hour. And um, he turns on music for them and they dance together with Josh being extra mushy. And I know this seems like it could be an epilogue, but that would be far too simple. I truly was like reading this and I was like, did I just completely skip something? Is this the epilogue? Have I completely lost it? And it's not. It's just a very beautiful moment. And like I said, I completely forgot, I guess, what half of these books are, but that's on me. <laughs> um, they're revisiting the past and he explains that first summer he didn't come to her tent because he wanted sex. He came there because for the first time he wanted to lie next to someone he cared about and he wanted to protect her. He stops dancing, dropping to his knee. He tells her that she's the only one he's ever loved, made love to, and will ever love, that he needs her to marry him. And after asking if this was real, she says yes. Switches to Josh's point of view for a little bit. He finds Natasha absolutely beautiful as she's been teary all night over their engagement. They go back to the group to announce the engagement, and the girls are freaking out while Josh goes to talk to Cam and Adrian, who were obviously in on the engagement. Adrian helped him pick up the ring, help distract the girls, do all that, while he and Cam set up the engagement, which is why Cam was acting so squirrely. Cam specifically mentions the fairy lights because that was his job and he wants to make sure that Natasha appreciates them. We go to chapter three. They're at a bar with Natasha grinding on Josh, getting closer to an orgasm before Josh drags her out of the bar and to home. They're on the way home and Natasha can't help but comment on how quiet and peaceful it is without security or anyone else around. And Josh initially feels bad, like maybe this is all too much for her, but she reassures him it's a small price to pay for being with him. It goes to Natasha's point of view, and she's standing outside of the shop that Josh went into. When he comes back out, he roleplays like they're meeting for the first time. She informs him that she's engaged, but he assures her that after he's done with her, she won't even remember the fiancé. As they go down to the beach, they continue the game. The beach is dark, but there's others around. He's being aggressive, taking her on the beach where she can hear the people around her, causing her to feel like it's too intense. After he impales her, though... She can tell that he's holding back, so she gets into a better position on top of him and tells him to fuck her. He lets loose, fucking her hard, and when they both finish, he tells her that he loves her, and she definitely can't marry the fiancé, continuing the roleplay. The next morning, she wakes up in their villa, where she admires him sleeping before waking him up and asking to stay at the island, but he assures her that she will love L.A. and they'll be back. They head into the main living area, and this is where the last book ended, with Cameron finding out he is not biologically a Stanton, supposedly. Which, like I said earlier, really drives home how much I can forget a book, because I completely forgot that at the end of the last book, they had actually skipped over all their time in Thailand, and the Cam stuff happened on the last day. Josh is asking what's going on, that he thought Cam was getting blood tests for some university thing, but Cam tells him that it was actually to see paternity, because he knew they had vastly different blood types. Natasha is freaking out internally as she knows some of the truth, but it actually turns out that their brother Wilson had gotten his blood 
his blood drawn too and he has josh's blood type which really worries natasha and is having her question what josh's mom had even told her josh is mad and freaking out wondering what the hell is going on while cam is clearly starting to tear up natasha tells them they will take time and figure this out when they get back to the states when they go back out to the group who has no idea what's going on they have to put on happy faces as much as possible which is killing natasha but she also notices that something is wrong with bridget Abby asks when they're getting married, and Natasha mutters something about, I don't know, maybe next year, but Josh insists that now that he's proposed, he's not waiting, and they'll get married within a month, which causes the table to seemingly kind of, like, crack up at him just being so possessive of her. There's a regular conversation going on with Adrian making a crack at Josh's expense, but Josh doesn't even really acknowledge it, and when Natasha looks over... She can see that he is miles away, not able to fully tune into the conversation. She leaves the table after 20 minutes, unable to handle the tension. Josh follows her, and she finally breaks down that she knows something, finally admitting that his mom had the conversation about paternity and that she isn't even sure she believed her in the first place. But she tells Josh that his mom informed her that she is not his father's child. Chapter 4 Josh is furious, asking her when she knew, why she didn't tell him, but she tells him that she didn't say anything because she wasn't sure what to believe and that it was a family matter. She also says that she thought it was kind of like a test, that Josh's mom was doing a test to see if Natasha would, you know, tell this giant secret that she was asked not to and create like a giant wedge between their families. Josh is, <clears throat> oh, sorry. He also puts the pieces back together that his mom's confession to her was the reason that Natasha even came back to him in the first place, further angering him. He leaves in disgust, angry that she was protecting his mother and not him. She flees to the closet, not wanting Ben and Max, who are looking for her, to see her crying. As she hides, she is going over everything, hating Margaret for putting her in this position, but also taking full responsibility for what has happened because she could have told Josh, but instead chose to keep it a secret. And I think it's really big. I think that this is one of those moments where you really see the growth um, just on an individual level. Like, you clearly see growth, uh, especially later on with them as a couple, but you really see the work that she's been doing where she's like, yeah, I, Josh is really upset and this is really hurting me, but I'm the one in the wrong, so I'm, I deserve to be hurt right now. And I think that's something that, you know, in book one, Natasha, we would not have seen. So I really like the more that you read these books and the fact that I ha I am paced, you know, pacing them a little bit more you can really see that growth of them as a couple and of her as just a person the closet door opens and josh gently goes to her telling her not to cry but she expresses that she should have told him which is when cameron snaps from behind josh letting her know that he is there too josh coaxes her through the, the story clearly calmer than he was and helping her express what happened the men are listening, with Cameron definitely more upset and angry than Josh. She doesn't tell them who the father is, feeling that will be overstepping, but I feel like there's definitely a time to overstep, and it's it's now. You have to lay your cards on the table. He's asking for you to lay your cards on the table. You've been lying to him. You have to be honest with him at some point. Josh gets visibly angry, and Cam flies off and punches the wardrobe door when Natasha explains that their mother was scared because the man is powerful and he has a lot to lose if it ever came out. Cameron officially breaks, asking why she didn't tell him at the hospital, and she explains that she was scared. He calls her a liar, yelling at her and telling her that she should have told him, but Josh immediately goes to her defense, screaming at him, grabbing Cam by the shirt, and expresses that Natasha won't be disrespected. Natasha is begging them to calm down, and Cam eventually does, 
apologizing to her so they can continue. She tells them that she's almost positive their dad has O blood, so it is Josh and Wilson that don't have their dad's blood. They're at the airport waiting for the flight, but her and Josh haven't been alone, and when they were, they didn't really talk. Josh wasn't cold or angry, but more active like he didn't know her. She's trying to give him space, and she knows he, because she knows she, he's battling a lot. Later on, when they're in the air, Josh still hasn't really talked and ends up going over to Cam and talking to him for a while. Natasha's trying to hear what they're saying, but Bridget comes over to talk to her about her kissing Ben on the dance floor the night before. It turns out that when they kissed, Ben disappeared, and when he came back about 10 minutes later, he kept rebuffing her, saying that it must have been a brain snap, but Natasha is only half listening as she can hear some of what Josh and Cam are talking about. Cam wants to call Margaret now to get answers, and Bridget notices that Natasha isn't actually listening and gets mad storming away. After listening for a bit, realizing that Margaret isn't answering and Josh isn't going to do any more on this flight, she goes back to Bridget where they're typing to each other so Ben can't hear. Natasha tells Bridget what's going on with the boys and why it was so important. Josh wakes up Natasha a little bit later, explaining that they're about to land and that he needs to change. When she changes and is exceptionally made up, she walks out and Cam spots her first, whistling her way and Josh catches sight of her. They have an incredibly cute moment where he calls her the future Mrs. Stanton. She feels like somehow maybe things will be okay. They arrive in LA and they have to split up with Ben and Max going with Natasha and Josh. When they leave the airport though, they are bombarded with paparazzi chapter five the car ride between them is silent any optimism that she had previously is gone she decides to just change the tone of the car and since they're alone with ben and max she asks if ben likes bridget josh smiles and hits ben on the back saying that he knew bridget was into them into him but you find out that cam has been warning ben off bridge for quite a while they get home and find out that a guard from the house hasn't showed up to his shifts and seemingly has disappeared. The main house caretaker, Brigida, has called the cops because she's not sure if anything has been taken. <clears throat> As Josh goes to look around, Natasha and Max are talking. When he puts his hand on a Natasha's shoulder, Josh immediately freaks out, calling foul, telling Max to get his hands off of her. Max gets so enraged by Josh's freak out that he quits. Natasha is able to call him, tell him to take three weeks off paid, and they'll have a meeting and hash everything out later, but for now, just take the time to rest. She goes and tells Josh and Ben the plan, infuriating Josh, but when she turns to leave, it is found out that four of Josh's cars are missing. That evening, Josh is still with the cops, so she goes to talk to Cam so they can settle stuff. They have a really good talk and seem to finally see eye to eye with Natasha really being able to explain her Amelie reasoning with Cam. Cam also expresses that he's just deeply hurt by all of this, not able to really accept that his mom has been lying to him. After a bit of talking, they decide to go hang out with Bridget and Abby. When they get down there, Cam gets a call from a woman and they hear him dirty talking with her before he tells her that he'll be there in about 20 minutes. After he leaves, Natasha spills what Ben said about Bridget in the car. They go to talk about it more, but Josh appears, telling Natasha that he's heading to bed and silently tells Natasha exactly what he needs from her in bed too. Chapter 6 Natasha is woken up by her mom, who is calling to check in, but quickly gets off the phone after saying Natasha sounds off but they blame it on jet lag as they hang up tasha's looking at herself recognizing what her mom had said she feels an impending dread when it comes to her and josh reliving the night before where he seemed to just 
fucker to get to sleep, but there was no connection. It was like she was nothing to him. She's thinking it over, showers, gets back in bed, waiting for him. When he comes in, he gives her a smile, calls her fresh, but he's still distant. She follows him into the bathroom and watches him shower. When he gets out, she asks if they're okay, and he plays it off, asking why they wouldn't be, but they both know that that's a loaded question. She wants to talk about her not telling him, but he tries to tell her there's nothing to talk about. She apologizes again, saying she was just scared his mom was testing her, and Josh gets sarcastic, explaining that he's glad she passed the test, confirming that he is mad at her. She begs him to see it from her point of view, and he says he has, and that's why he's not fighting with her, but he clearly still wants to fight. She tells him she'd rather scream, he'd rather, she would rather him scream at her than to fuck her like he doesn't know her, to which he responds, quote, you don't like to be fucked like I don't know you, he sneers. I cringe at the venom in his voice and I shake my head, no, I don't. Well, I don't like to be fucked over like I don't know you, unquote. He leaves the room quickly and she feels more upset at the fact that he's disappointed more than anything because she knows how deeply this hurt him. She goes to talk to Bridget about all this, rehashing the whole tale again, but this time you can see where Bridget does seem to be judging why she didn't tell Josh in the first place, especially after watching Cam start to question things at the hospital when Josh had OD'd. She also reminds Natasha that she does deserve the anger because she did deceive him, which I actually really appreciate. Josh pops his head in, telling them he's leaving for work, and Natasha goes to chase him, asking if he wants to go to dinner or to lunch or if she can come to his office and strip for him, all of which he says no to. But then she asks if she want, if he wants to go to a strip club with some friends, and she'll perform there for him. He smiles and thinks for a moment before remembering the anger he feels towards her, so he says no. She decides to taunt him a bit more, saying she'll stay there the whole time, masturbating, thinking of him, wanting him. He smirks before kissing her and then leaving. She's hamming it up for him as he leaves, and Cam comes out to see what she's doing and laughs at her. Josh's point of view. He's sitting at the office when Cam walks in. Josh immediately asks what Tasha's doing, and Cam asks... I thought you guys were off of each other, and Josh confirms that he is mad at Natasha, but still wants to know what she's doing. Cam mentions they said something about shopping, and Josh immediately calls Ben, asking who is watching the girls. It ends up being two guys that he doesn't feel are all that great, so he has Ben go shopping with them, which infuriates Ben. He calls his mom, with Cam standing at the window silently. She tries to put it all off, saying next week isn't a good time for her to come out, but he tells her that it has to be. When she asks why... He says that he and Cam need to discuss their paternity. When she starts to play dumb, Josh threatens to call his dad, but that makes her break. She starts ranting and raving about how he can't trust anything that that Natasha says, causing Josh to stand up for Natasha. He tells her to be ready for the plane in five days and hangs up. That late afternoon, Natasha shows up at his office. He's smiling at the idea that she won't take a hint and is comforted that she won't let him fight with her and drift apart and she's clearly doing everything she can to show that she's there for them she has a black trench coat and heels and when she enters and closes the door she shows him what she bought that day a g-string lace bra and garters as he's kissing her he accuses her of bargaining her way out of his anger but she explains that she has a closing argument for their fight the closing argument of course being a wonderful blowjob before he bends her over and fucks her once they get done, she asks if this means that she'll actually get a date out of that night like she wanted, and she agrees they can. 
Adrian pops in. Natasha takes time to talk to him while Josh is closing up so they can leave together. He is thinking about how lucky he is that Natasha knew how to diffuse the situation between the two of them, and he feels incredibly content now that she's here and by his side. And I think that this is another great shot of how they really matured in their relationship, and that the breakup was actually the best move. You know, you really saw it with her earlier, where she was like, yeah, he's mad at me, and he, but I'm the one that screwed up, so I just have to accept the blows, you know, like, metaphorical blows. I need to accept responsibility. And here, he's really seeing what a content, happy relationship can look like. Chapter 7. They're on the date that Natasha wanted, talking about their living situation. Natasha actually doesn't want to move because the house is so nice, but they both agree they want some privacy and only want it to be the two of them. So they discuss getting Cam his own space, along with getting small apartments for Bridget and Abby. Josh also shares that Ben has said he won't go there anymore with Bridget, which bums Natasha out. He tells her that he called his mom that day, how she didn't want his dad finding out, which pretty much confirmed what suspicions they had about if it was true. She tries to remind him that sometimes thing, things happen, and that one time between him and Amelie could have resulted in a, in a child and ruined their future, which causes Josh to fake a shiver. They talk. They leave the talk of his mother and her mistakes in turn to the wedding. He suggests in a few weeks, but Natasha convinces him to do 14 weeks at the ledge where they got engaged, landing on March 20, May 21st. The next morning, Natasha finds Bridget out by the pool, and they talk about how Bridget and Ben had been flirting since they were at the hospital for their grandma's hospice. But the night before, Ben had told her that in another life he might have gone there, but right now he wasn't. She tells Bridge and Abby, who has now joined them, that they're now getting their own apartments and guards so Bridget will be able to get away from Ben. It switches to Adrian's point of view. He's cooking dinner while everyone is around, including Cam, who just got home from work. He's admiring how close the friendships are and how they have a lived-in feel. Cam says that someone invited them to a party, but Josh immediately shuts it down, saying he doesn't want to take Natasha to a quote-unquote pussy party. Because, and they call it that because apparently there's endless pussy just on platters for them, pretty much. She demands that she wants to go because she doesn't want to be like a closet girlfriend where he doesn't show her off. She wants to be out and about. She wants the relationship to be real. So she says that she wants to go. Ben passes by explaining explaining that he doesn't know how someone got around the security cameras that were down for a few weeks, which led to all the cars being, or four of the cars being stolen. Cam answers Adrian's phone and it's Nicholas. He passes the phone to Adrian who takes it out to the patio. He's getting upset at Nicholas, who's trying to have a second chance, saying that he misses Adrian and he'll be in L.A. in two weeks, but Adrian doesn't want to see him. Natasha is getting ready for the pussy party, and she's incredibly nervous. Adrian comes over, calms her for a moment, and leaves to get dressed, leaves her to get dressed. When she gets downstairs, she enters, she's introduced to some of Josh's friends and reintroduced to Carson from the last time she was at the house. When Bridget comes down, Carson immediately runs over, turning on the charm towards Bridget and infuriating Ben. Chapter 8. They arrive at the pussy party and Natasha is incredibly nervous. Josh reminds her that she was the one that wanted to come there, but it doesn't stop the nerves. She tries to go and join the girls, but Josh keeps her close, wanting to introduce her to some more people. She's finally starting to break away because she's feeling way out of her depth and nervous and she just wants to be by her friends. She also doesn't feel comfortable about how she looks compared to the women of the party and how enthralled they are at Josh. 
As she starts to leave, though, Josh takes her hand when he sees an old model that Natasha recognizes from photos with Josh over the years. The model, Heidi Mills, looks at Josh with a hopeful smile until he introduces Natasha as his fiancée, and Natasha washes, wash, watches wow, the pain cross her face. Heidi, for the most part, seems to try to be playing nice, but Josh seems to want the conversation over, so he ends up leading them away. She starts to feel insecure, but she still sends Josh to go be with his friends so she can talk with the girls, because the girls kind of want to gossip about all the celebs that are at this party. They're talking for a while when they notice a blonde woman talking to Josh, causing Natasha to get upset and skull her champagne. Cam and another woman come up, and Josh says something, causing the women to laugh. Earlier, when Josh was dropping Natasha off to the girls, he pointed out their security for that night, saying that Ben comes to these parties so he can indulge, so he's a guest and he's not on a job. While Josh is talking to these women and Cam, Ben has come up to the girls and he and Bridget are swiping at each other. A big-breasted woman calls out for Ben, which upsets Bridget as he goes off to her. A group of men come up to the girls, but Natasha and Bridget don't want to see Josh or Ben, so they go inside. Abby texts them a bit later when she finally meets up with them, so she informs Natasha that Josh is pissed and looking for her. After watching Cam grab two women to go off with, Natasha has to remind herself that this is Josh's past life, and she goes to find him. They're flirting for a little bit, Natasha helping take the sting out of her disappearing. The moment is broken, however, when Bridget comes over. Josh leaves to go get them drinks when Heidi Mills comes to their group again, trying to play nice with Natasha and Bridget when Abby comes over, though she doesn't seem to be buying Heather's shit. And really, Natasha isn't buying Heather's shit either. She's just trying to play as nice as possible, and but she definitely doesn't want Heidi anywhere near her. Josh comes back over with drinks. He tells Heidi to fuck off. Initially, Natasha is upset by his attitude until he tells them that Heidi had propositioned him with a quote-unquote lunch meeting in a hotel with no strings, and he doesn't want to be kind to her after that. Soon, Carson comes over to ask Bridget to leave with him. She agrees, but Josh wants to have security on her. When Ben comes over and hears what's going on, he tries to forbid her for going, from going, and he pulls her away from the group. After a few minutes, though, she comes back, grabbing Carson and saying they're leaving, while Ben makes a pointed remark about being busy that night. Chapter 9. Natasha wakes up the next morning and goes downstairs, searching for Josh. As she sees Bridget initially, she watches as Bridget is trying to warn her about something, but Natasha doesn't understand what's happening until she turns the corner and sees Margaret sitting there. Margaret is making digs about why she's there and how good Natasha is at playing innocent. Cam walks in, sees who is there, and he greets his mother with enough kindness, but he is clearly still upset. Josh also comes in shortly after, giving the same greeting. He comes to Natasha and kisses her, greeting her warmly. He starts to leave the room, calling for Cam to follow, but very distinctly telling his mother to stay where she is and he will call her when she's ready. Or when he's ready. Josh's point of view. He's annoyed at Cam for rubbing his old lifestyle in Natasha's face, but then he gets a call from his Willowvale realtor. It turns out that Amelie is trying to purchase the properties around his. He tells the realtor that he will buy all of those properties at a higher price if they want to sell, but he wants all of Amelie's purchases blocked. After the phone call, he sends Cam in to go get their mother. His mother comes in and immediately chastises him for his tone when he told her to stay where she was. He tells her that she's lost his respect, and she, he wants to know the story. She asks what's going on, and that's when things really start to set off. She wants to know how they found out. 
Cam explains that he started to put together at the hospital. She immediately brings up Natasha, saying that Natasha must have been must be loving the wedge between them. But Cam, instead of Josh, actually steps in and offends her immediately. Like, Josh is getting ready to. He's all poised to fight for Natasha. But Cam is just there. And I think that that conversation that they had where Natasha was able to explain all of her feelings and what had happened in the past, that conversation that they had really changed things. And it's really nice to see. She starts to cry, which makes Cam feel bad, but not Josh, as Josh is able to really separate what's going on. When she finally calms down, she has Cam by her side as she tells the story. She does confirm that there is no way Josh can be his father's child. Cam gets up, goes to stand behind Josh, putting his hands on Josh's shoulders. He starts crying with Cam joining him. He tells her to get out, which she tries to fight. He snaps at her, asking how he and Wilson have the same blood, which causes Margaret to be confused. He's asking if her and the mystery man are still together. He's also trying to figure out the name of the man. She won't say anything, so then he asks if his father knows that two of his two of her sons aren't his. She says no, and he gives her seven days to tell him, or he will. He then storms out of the office while his mom cries. Switches to Natasha's point of view. She's cleared the house out so they will have privacy when they all come out. She hears the door slam, and ten minutes later it opens again with Cam and Margaret coming out. Margaret tries to stay at the house, but Cam tells her to cut the shit. Natasha decides to give them privacy and goes to find Josh. She finds him on the side of her Lamborghini, crying. They sit there for 40 minutes, him holding her, before he asks if they can run away, and she confirms they can anywhere he wants. Chapter 10. It's Adrian's point of view. He's trying to get Josh to work out stuff with his mother, laying on the guilt for missing his own mom, which I really, really, really hate when people do this. I think that you should be allowed to feel you can hate people in your life. You don't have to feel guilty because somebody else has suffered that loss. And I totally get why people are like this. And I even get why Adrian is like this because he's dealing with this really big heartbreak with Nicholas and he just wants to go home to his parents. He just wants to go home and have his mom comfort him with terrible food and his dad to tell him that Nicholas isn't worth it, but he can't. And so to hear Josh cutting off his mom is really hard, but I just hate that mindset so much. Josh is having none of it, though. He wants her bank account traced, and he wants the payments he was sending her to stop. He was sending her, like, a few million a year, and he is telling Adrian, nope, like, that's got to end. It switches to Natasha. She's sitting with the girls at the fireplace, snuggled with them when Cam comes up. They're talking about how upset Josh's mom is, and Natasha asks Cam to go stay with her for a few days, but Cam says no, but he's still pissed at his mom, and she doesn't deserve to be catered to over the shit. Josh walks in, snapping at Ben, saying that he won't be having security the next few days because he needs a break in privacy. Natasha tells Ben to just send a few guards to follow, but nothing too crazy. She knows that Josh needs to be alone, but Ben is saying to her, it is not safe. I don't feel comfortable with that happening. When they're getting ready to leave, Josh hands her the keys to the Lambo with a keychain that has her initials on it, NMS for Natasha Marks Stanton. They're in Willowvale, but she's not seeing security and she's getting really nervous. She's having flashbacks to her nightmares that were just awful. As they pull up to the estate in Willowvale, he's clearly ecstatic, but she just hates it there. She does try to get into the spirit for him, though. They go upstairs and she sees the room where he and Amelie had sex and he sees her stop. So he stops, comes back to her and cuddles her, asking her please to not think about it. 
They go to the master, which had been previously Amelie's room, so he had he had it gutted, completely redone, and reassures her that she can change the whole house if she wants to. She sees a picture that he has displayed prominently in the master. It's a naked picture of her while she slept, and she asks why he picked that one. He explains that he thought it was the only night they'd have together, but she wouldn't let him go. They express their love, and she tells them that their love, their life, and a marriage, and their kids will drown out all of the bad from that house, as long as they let it. He then asks if they can start making that kids that night, but she tells him no, absolutely not. Chapter 11, and this is actually the last chapter of this year, of this episode. They're in the bathtub together when he admits that he's glad TC is dead. She says she understands because the whole situation was an absolute nightmare. Plus, they're innocent, so it'll be okay. He also doesn't believe that his father did love their mom because he knows how much how he feels about Natasha and he can never leave her, but he would hear his dad leave them every night. Since he's drunk and talking, she asks about that tattoo. He tells her that he has two stories, the real one and the one he tells everyone. The one he tells everyone is he got drunk, met a hot girl, went on a bender, got her name tattooed. The real story is that he met a girl who he didn't want to fuck. Quote, I wanted to lie next to her, for her to hold me and to want me. I wanted to protect her, and then the feelings got out of control and grew so strong that the need to be inside her turned me inside out, so much that it was to- that I was totally consumed with need for this woman. He stops and smiles to himself. And when she let me make love to her for that first time, he pauses and looks into space. It was the first time I had ever made love, too. Up until then, I had only had sex. I didn't even know what making love was. It was the best and worst day of my life. I realized I was desperately in love, and then I knew I couldn't have her. I lean up gently and swipe my tongue through his wet lips. And the tattoo? I whisper into the kiss. I wanted a mark on my on the outside of my body to match the mark I had for her on the inside of my body. I smile softly at him. Dear God, I love this man. I had been to the tattoo tattoo parlor three times to discuss what he was going to do and then on her 21st birthday at 9 a.m i was waiting at the door when it opened if i couldn't have her i was not gonna let myself ever forget her and what she had taught me it took six hours to do unquote earlier in the morning almost 2 a.m natasha wakes up to bangs which cause her to be concerned but when she looks over to josh he's fully asleep and she doesn't want to bother him because it's the full night of rest that he's gotten since learning about the paternity she acknowledges that she's hungry, but she's nervous to go through the house alone. She feels like someone is following her as she makes her way through the darkened hallway, turning all the lights on that she can. As she gets to the kitchen, she hears another crash, and she calls Bridget, but Ben picks up. She explains what's going on and wants to know if the guards came. He calls them from his phone and has them do a perimeter check for her. She gets off the phone with Ben, grabbing food and going back upstairs. She sits at the window and hears the dog barking downstairs. She turns out the light so she can see better into the darkness where she sees what she seems to be, a guard smoking a cigarette, cigarette, wow, far away from the house. She talks herself out of being scared as she crawls back into bed. The next morning, that morning, I guess like a few hours later, um, she wakes to a note from Josh that he's out riding. She goes downstairs and finds the guards. She asks if any of the guards she asks if any of the guards smoke, and they explain they don't, but they may have taken it up and not mentioned it. But there's probably nothing going on. She decides to go down to the stables to meet up with Josh, where she sees him riding Jasper, his prized horse, really hard. When he gets down, 
she tells him she wants to be ridden as hard as that horse does is and he starts to chase her back up into the house with his whip the horse whip so that's where i'm ending now like i said it's not a full cliffhanger but it's kind of a cliffhanger because you don't you don't know who was you know at that like shack where somebody was smoking you don't know who it was or what's going on you just know that ben isn't there to protect them because he josh has made them made ben stand behind and he they just have some like of the lower tier security guys and if you're waking up to hearing bangs in the middle of the night that's got to be terrifying so yeah i mean that's really where we're gonna end up um like i said this book this this section had a lot of the fun romance with a little bit of the drama with the paternity stuff but like you really get into the drama i mean like you'd think in most books whenever the main character finds out that his dad isn't the dad that would be the biggest drama but that's not even like the biggest drama of this book that's not even close so yeah i mean it's this book is really intense it had to be broken up into three parts but like i said i'm really going to be working for it to be done very like within the next 10 days so all these episodes will be out um but yeah so that is it and i hope you guys enjoyed this uh first installment of stanton completely and i will see you guys in a few days i hope you guys have a great night bye